time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's a Monday in the Vegas Valley. That means it's time for Nighttime at Noon. Brian McCormick and Derek England here with you. Ruben Guerrero-Torres on the other side of the glass spinning the ones and twos. And we have Rachel, Justin, and... Ron around the room telling Derek and I what to say. It's great to have you with us. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights continuing their road trip in Ontario tomorrow night against the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is a challenging road trip for the VGK. Uh, VGK have hit a bit of a rough patch over the last couple of weeks. We will discuss, talk about some of the bright spots, uh, some of the players who have returned to the lineup, Shea Theodore in particular, who's had a really good return for the VGK, uh, and some good NHL news over the weekend as well. A lot to talk about, and so we will. Uh, Derek, great to have you in studio. Great to be back. If you look at the VGK over the course of the last couple of games, again, it's been a bit of a, a dry patch, and it certainly is making the uh, the Pacific Division interesting, not just because the VGK have had a little bit of a stumble here, but if you look around, the Oilers, the Canucks, everyone's kind of come down to earth a little bit, while the LA Kings, who a few weeks ago you thought were going in the wrong direction, they've won 7-10, of and they're surging. So certainly uh, important for the VGK to get their feet underneath them again on this trip, and uh, the hope is that they, despite not winning in, on, in uh, Ottawa on Saturday, a uh, late goal to tie, to get to overtime in a shootout, to, to salvage a point, uh, and to score with the goaltender pulled, which hasn't happened all that often this season for the VGK. Maybe that's the early indication of them starting to find their identity again. Yeah, with all the injuries, it's, uh, you know, you, you look towards uh, Marchies, who hit his 30th. Uh, Carlson, you know, I thought Stevenson had a big game, a couple goals. Um you know, you need those guys to step up and 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 uh, fill those shoes of the, you know, Stone and Eichel and those guys, and and then the young guys coming up from Henderson. You need them uh, filling a role, and they get the opportunity to show them what they have. So, um, them stepping up and a couple more games under their belt, I think they're settling in well. Now, this uh, we're on Fox Sports Las Vegas, but as always, uh, simulcasting on our social channels as well, VGK Digital Channels. If you have any questions or comments, send them over. Rachel, Justin will let us know what you're thinking, and we will respond to them. Uh, but if, so for the, the VGK, again, yeah, a good good game for Chandler Stevens, and he scores twice. He scores the late goal to tie and send it to overtime. Uh, it is a game where the, the uh, Golden Knights surrender a two-goal lead, which is not what you want, of course. But again, getting a point, important. Um, and for Bruce Cassidy after the game, you know, he spoke about the fact that he thought the team defended better. Now you look at the the two uh, two goal for Ottawa. It was I think it was Drake Batherson is on a turnover by Alec Martinez. That's a bit you know uncharacteristic. But in general, he thought they did a much better job in their own end than they did against Toronto, which was a game that was a lot more lopsided. Yeah, you go back to the Toronto game. Uh, that first ten minutes, I thought it was pretty even. Um, VGK had a lot of chances, um, but then turnovers crept in. Um, you know, they you can't turn the puck over against a team that's that that offensive. So I think that really. Got them behind the eight ball, and then they're chasing the game where you open it up a little bit, and and you're giving them more opportunities at high skill. And uh, you know Ottawa's bottom of the division, but they have a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of talent over there too with the young guys and uh, you know Giroux and those guys. So um, you know to to steal a point out there, um, you know it's a good thing to start the road trip, um, but they they definitely got to tighten up and uh, almost have perfect game defensively and turnovers and stuff. 
And part of this, too, is, you know, it hit me when I saw, you know, talk of, of finding identity, getting back to what the team does well. That's going to happen to any team during the course of a season. You're going to get a little bit loose and you need to tighten things up. That's to be expected. But if you look at the structure of this lineup, you're bringing players back in like Shea Theodore, who have been out for so long. Now, that's a positive. You want to bring yeah. him back in. It's not like he has a lot of learning to do to reacclimate himself. But the entire fourth line is, is an HSK line with Sheldon Rempel, uh, Byron Fraze, Mason Morelli. When you talk about getting back to what the team does well structurally or getting back to what the team does well in terms of, of personality, there's going to be a bit of a gap when you're literally subbing out a third of the lineup with new personnel. Even if the HSK plays the same system, you're literally bringing people into in a, a heightened role. It's not necessarily going to click instantly. So, again, being able to battle back and, and get a point in Ottawa, I think, is also an uh, important stretch in which you're getting more people acclimated because it looks like it's going to be this group for a little bit now. Yeah, you, you want those guys to step up that are coming up. And, you know, I think having them all on the same line, um, you know, it's beneficial. They've played together in in, uh, in Henderson, and they know each other a little bit more. So, um I think they'll just get more and more comfortable as the the games go on, and and uh, you can lean on them a little bit more. And um, but you need those top end guys to to pick up the the slack from the missing Eichel and Stone, and then the back end. Um, you, you know, you look at the turnovers and stuff, and uh, they're so good defensively. You need that group to really. Uh, tighten the reins and, and take over, uh, you know, getting Theodore back. Uh, he's just going to get better and better as he gets the, the rust off from being out and guys like Petro and Martinez, McNabb, the, the whole decor. Um, they they got to, I think, rally the group, troops and uh, play good defensively and then chip in offensively as well. Now, some of the challenges that the Golden Knights are trying to overcome, again, with, with personnel, and you know, I spend all my time with the Silver Knights. The Silver Knights this past weekend in Colorado had three players called up from Savannah, a couple of players on professional tryout agreements, which is to say everyone is trying to uh, to find personnel on the fly to, to fit into the right spot during this stretch for the Silver Knights and the Golden Knights where there's a lot of injuries and a lot of call-ups. But for the Golden Knights, their challenges, again, it's stretched back. They are now... It's 1-4-1 one, and one over their last six, and that is obviously something that needs to be corrected no matter what uh, area code you're playing in. But for the Golden Knights, it's been a particularly difficult stretch at home. They've lost four straight home games, and again, the one against Toronto was a bit lopsided, but even uh, the Minnesota loss earlier in the month, the uh, the Carolina loss, you know, these are games where the, the Golden Knights usually are able to, to find their stride within hockey games and, and kind of play at their pace, set the tone themselves. Didn't happen. Now, rarely are you going to say that a road trip uh, to Toronto and Boston is a good thing. Like, okay, great, we'll be able to get ourselves right there. Yeah. But sometimes there is a good time to get out on the road and to face challenges. And I think, especially a rematch against Toronto, where the Maple Leafs had their way at T-Mobile Arena, facing them a, a week later in Toronto, it's a challenge for sure. But it's a challenge that should be a welcome one. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially the way Toronto ended up. Uh, everyone, I think, as a whole group from the goaltender out knows they can play better against Toronto. They got to. Tighten up defensively. The turnovers, you know, you got to live to fight another day. Get it out of the out of our our zone into their zone. You, you know, get to back to the simple hockey. And and when when there are plays to be made, make them. Obviously, there's still a lot of uh, high end talent in the lineup, but um, you got to play sound defensively against a team like that. And you know, I think even go back to the Nashville game. Um, Nashville loses 9-2 at, at home before that game. So you know they're going to be at their best. Uh, I think they were supposed to come into town early, and that got canceled. So you knew they were going to come out flying, and, and Carolina and Toronto, all top-end guys. So 
um, I think uh, missing those key guys, it, you, you definitely got to tighten the reins around uh, everything else. Now, look at guys who have really picked up the offense and have carried this team a little bit over the course of the last few weeks with the absence of Mark Stone now. And, of course, Jack Eichel's been out for a while. You hope that he's the one who might be the, the next to rejoin the group. Um, but in the meantime, Jonathan Marchessault has been so strong. Again, got the scoring started in Ottawa. He's a 30-goal scorer now for the, the third time in his career. I don't think that goes under the radar, just how good Jonathan Marchessault has, has been. But at the same time, perhaps this is a, a season where he's had more and, and can, will continue to have now a little bit more burden on him than usual, and he continues to produce. Yeah, I think every year that Marchie's played here and even you go back to his Florida days, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Um, you know, he produces every year. He's a shoot-first guy, which when the high-end guys are out, you you need that. You need the guy that's going to take the puck and, and get it to the net and score. He's got such a great shot. Um, you know, he's going to the dirty areas. He's scoring not just with his shot, but rebounds, being in front of the net. So he's really, uh, I think... Taking his game to another level, you know, he's known for the outside shots and stuff, but uh, now he's scoring goals uh, from from the crease and stuff like that. So that's just going to make those goal totals, I think, go up. You know, I uh, I think he's going to hit 40 this year uh, easily. He's only 10 away. So, um, uh, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get, and, and that's a guy you want uh, out there on your team. So, of course, this week, Golden Knights are going to have Toronto tomorrow. They're going to have Boston on Thursday. Those are going to be two tough road games for sure. They're going to need scoring. They're going to need the back end as well. And when we come back, we'll talk about the VGK blue line getting stronger with the addition of Shea Theodore and just how much of that burden is going to fall to them uh, during this road trip this week for the VGK. But first, folks, while I have you, let me make sure that you have plans for tonight because if you don't, you should. The Harlem Globetrotters return to the Dollar Loan Center tonight. Check out the world-famous basketball stars as they take on the Washington Generals at 7 p.m. We have no idea how that one's going to turn out. The Washington Generals are, are certainly due. You may even get a chance to be a part of the all-new, fan-filled Halftime Skills Showcase. Visit thedollarloancenter.com for tickets and more information. Thedollarloancenter.com for the Harlem Globetrotters World Tour hitting the DLC tonight. We'll be back in just a moment. More VGK talk on the way. Nighttime at noon. Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights fans, the Foley Food and Wine Society was created to celebrate three of Bill and Carol Foley's greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and magnificent travel destinations. Members of society will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the globe and have the exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek experience in the finer things in life. Join for free today and visit FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com, FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com. Brian McCormick, Derek Anglin here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is nighttime at noon. Uh, for the VGK, busy weekend, uh, busy week coming up as they continue their road trip out east. They will be in Toronto tomorrow, Boston on Thursday, and then Saturday in Buffalo, and then Monday uh, in Columbus. Uh, Columbus obviously having a struggle of a season, got a win last night. Uh, Buffalo kind of fits the, the mold of uh, what you were describing with the Ottawa Senators from this past weekend, which is a team that's having a rough season, but expected much, much better of themselves coming into this year. And with that, that means you've got a collection of players that, despite the standings being disappointing, are good players, highly thought of, on the rise, and can give you a scrappy outing on any evening. So while we're focused on Toronto and Boston right now, the whole week is a challenging week. Yeah, no, for sure. You can't take those teams lightly. They Buffalo, you know, they they come out and 
scored two goals or ten goals. You right. know, they got the the offensive there. Columbus as well. They got some good good guys there. Bringing in Johnny Gaudreau, who I played with in Calgary. Uh, great guys. So you, you can't take those. Uh, you can't look past obviously Toronto and Boston because you know what you're going to get with them. But uh, it's a uh, tough two two games to close out a road trip as well now when we talk about the vgk who again wins have been a little hard to come by of late obviously that's the time when you're going to want veterans in the room to to run the room and to take over and certainly the golden knights have that in their dressing room but at the same time part of the challenge they have right now is that some of those voices mark stones in particular are not available to them so again the personnel's in the room but as a as a veteran player yourself when you were in those kinds of stretches how do you stop the bleeding yeah i think just collectively a team you got to all buy in and and to play the right way, you know, not take take a gamble in the game where, you know, turnover leads to a goal and it kind of deflates you. You know, you got to play that uh, sound defensive game. You got to, you know, chip pucks in when, uh, you know, 50-50 pucks and chip it out of your zone and, um, you know, live to fight another day. You know, if there's not something there to create something, you know, you got to put it in the right spot so you can get it back and go to work and, and grind out some wins. Well, the blue line is going to be important for that for the VGK because while they are banged up in different areas of the lineup, the, the blue line looks the way it was supposed to look on day one over the last week for the really the first time this season. It hasn't translated to wins just yet, but right now with the uh, addition of Shea Theodore back into the mix, they have Theodore, Petrangelo, Martinez, McNabb, White Cloud, Haig, all these guys available to them now. That's going to be uh, important against a Toronto team that if you listen to Bruce Cassidy after the loss to Toronto last week, part of the frustration was, Okay, well, we know who their big guys are. You know you got to cover them. Now, Toronto got depth scoring in that game, but you're playing in Toronto. You know that the Matthews and the Marners and the Tavares, they're going to come at you. Yeah, you got to, uh, you know, that's the luxury of having the six guys back. Uh, I think it's, what, five or six games that they've had yeah. them in the lineup uh, all year. So having those guys back, I don't think they have to. Obviously, you want your Petro and Martinez out against Matthews' line or, or whatnot, however Bruce wants to play it. But if. White Cloud and Hag are out there. I don't think they're too, too worried about it. That's uh, you know, I I think I, I keep going back to, I think it was Ottawa's coach saying that's probably the the best third pairing, in the league. So um, you know they're almost a second playing pairing playing in a third pairing uh, role. So that's a luxury to have. Uh, you can throw those guys out against anyone, and and they're gonna do the job. But uh, you you know missing those top end guys you got to look to that blue line to uh, create some some more offense and i think like i said earlier theodore coming back you know he's still gonna be rusty it only he's he's only human you know yeah. he can't come back and jump right into where he was so every game he plays he's gonna get better he's gonna create more and uh just get back to prime uh prime uh stride uh that what he was when he got hurt to that point though also if you look at the so the three games Shea theodore has been back for he has five assists and uh on saturday in ottawa he played he played 24 minutes i think so not, not only has he very quickly looked maybe not like peak 100 percent Shea theodore yeah. but he's been above 75 percent Shea theodore he's, he's pretty quickly gotten reacclimated and also he's played at a level that bruce cassidy hasn't really had to to baby him in he's played over 20 minutes each game and 24 in uh, in ottawa with with overtime included but like with 24 minutes that's pretty good they've been able to get him back up to being uh a a critical contributor on the blue line pretty fast yeah yeah i'm pretty sure any team in this league would take shea theodore at 75 yeah, percent uh, i definitely would uh, just get shots through yeah, at, at yeah. the very least yeah. he's, he's so good uh going back for pucks you know he's like a one-man breakout i played with him and 
you know, I just tried to get him the puck because he does the rest for you. And then offensively, he moves that blue line so well, gets pucks through, creates something. He's always creating something. So, um, you know, five assists through three games is, is you know, at 75% or 80%, whatever he's uh, the rusted off, uh, is pretty spectacular. And he's just going to grow and get better And as the, as the games come on. We talked about uh, Jonathan Marcheseau in the last segment. Shea Theodore has been a good addition. Another guy who's been steady, Eddie, but also was a guy you were waiting to get back in the lineup. In the month of February, he's been terrific, is yep. William Carlson, who has, I believe, it's seven points in the last eight games now. But he has been just a, just so steady. And I think we were all reminded, uh, and it feels wrong to say it because you shouldn't have to be reminded, but going to the playoffs last year, William Carlson got so much, uh, so many accolades for being a, a good offensive contributor. But we talked about it so much as a defensive centerman a 200 foot player and then the playoffs he reminded you like no 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 i can drive games i can take over offensively and this year we've seen so much more of that but this month again with guys out you need your veteran producers to be producers and william carlson has has taken on a lot of that responsibility as well yeah i think i've said it's from day one he's uh reminds me a lot of jonathan taves you know he plays that defensive centerman role but offensively he's he's very gifted too he's got a great shot uh very fast, plays all situations, so um, he's uh, having a great year this year. Uh, I don't know what his goal totals are. I think he's over 20 now, right? He's at 19. 19, 19 so goals, 39 points. You know, and that's a that's a great great uh, yeah, plus year so far for him. Uh, you know, he's started uh, before the injuries, playing on third line, uh, centering that line, and no matter who's playing with him. He makes everyone look good around him. So he's a he's a great guy, and he's playing terrific right now. Now let's talk a little bit more about what we talked about, touch on slightly in the last segment, which is the uh, the Silver Knights presence on the fourth line. Again, you've got uh, Rempel, Fraze, you have uh, Morelli on that fourth line. Brendan Brisson's getting top line minutes. William Carlson spoke a little bit about his talent as well. And if you're going to have Brendan Brisson up there. Do you want to put Brendan Brisson on a fourth line checking role? Probably not. That's not what his skill set leans to. So if you're going to have him up there. You need offense, put him in a spot to contribute to that, and that's what Bruce Cassidy uh, to, to this point has, has done when he's had Brendan Brisson with him. But for these young guys on the fourth line, oh, you know, let me rephrase that because we're talking about 28-year-old Sheldon Rempel, 28-year-old Mason Morelli, and Pyron Fraze, who's even older. But for these these AHL regulars who are getting an NHL opportunity and a greater NHL opportunity this year for uh, Rempel and, and Morelli, who made his NHL debut, than they've ever been accustomed to, you need them to not only be productive and stick to the systems and whatnot, but the way Bruce Cassidy coaches, you got to be able to use your fourth line. You can't use them in an avoidant kind of way. Yeah. So he's got to be able to rely and depend on these guys, and, and to this point he's he's used them often. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, them being older, 28, and uh, I don't know, it's... Uh... I, see, I, I should know offhand, but I think Fraze is 32, I 32, think. 32. 31, so 32. You have that experience there. They they know how to play the game. They know how to play the, the right way. And um, like you said, Bruce is a four-line 6D team, and I, I think the whole NHL is going that way. you got to have a fourth line that can play. And uh, them being a little bit older, a little bit more mature, um, he can rely on them in situations that maybe uh, – you might not throw a younger guy out there in, in in different situations where you can throw those guys out there and they're going to eat up some minutes and uh, give those top guys a little bit of rest. I, your thoughts for for guys in this position as well. And I think uh, we we've talked this way about Jonas Romberg in the past as well. Where hey, if if you're up with with Bruce, if you're getting points. Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Turn down offense, of course. But the most important thing for guys in that role is, hey, when I look at the film, when I look at the tape, I want you to be where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And that, that's part of it, too, which is, you know, whatever offense I get from that group, outstanding. But what I need to do is put them out there and be able to trust 
that systematically they're going to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And that is absolutely what you get with a, top, a type of By- uh, player like Byron Fraze, who has had a lot of NHL experience in his tenure. Um, and I think Bruce Cassidy thinks that he's the kind of guy he can rely on. The, the flash isn't what's important. The most important thing is that positionally he's going to be sound every shift. Yeah, and you, you want to throw them out and not have to worry defensively. And, uh, you know, you know, I think uh, the Toronto game, maybe a couple turnovers, um early on but uh, i think uh against ottawa they're much better they took care of the puck a little bit better um and they're going to need to against the toronto team that has last change uh, in toronto so um you know i i'm, I'm sure that they're going to try to you know icing or something like that they're going to throw they're going to be out there against the matthews line and the Tavares line yeah. so they're going to have to be sound defensively and and as an older group uh of call-up guys um I think that maturity of pro hockey, they've been around a lot. Uh, Morelli's won in, in Hershey last year, so he knows what it's going to take. And as long as they're solid, like you said, defensively and in the systems, uh, the points, if they get them, are just a bonus. You mentioned turnovers. That's going to be so important against Toronto because obviously we're, we're aware of what their offensive yeah. firepower is. But you look at some of the goals that Austin Matthews scores, and he's at 51 now. I think I think he's still at 51. He might have scored five minutes ago. Yeah. But he's so much of what he does, he'll score off the rush great. He'll score off the wall great. But it's on and off his stick so quickly. Yeah. You don't need to make a big mistake. You just need to cough it up somewhere Honestly, if it's outside the dots, he still might be in trouble. But yeah. giving him the puck with five feet of space is going to kill you. Yeah. So anytime he gets the puck in a time that's unintended is a problem, and that's where the Golden Knights have to not only be tight on him, but just so responsible. I want to say safe, yeah. but you know when when that line's on the ice, there's no chances to be taken. Yeah, you got you got to know when they're out there. Uh, like you said, he, he scores from everywhere. The game against uh, uh, VGK at home scores driving the net. Yeah. So you got to really be aware he's going to get a stick on everything. Uh, and like you said, if you give him five feet of room, he's going to take that five feet and, and try to make you pay. So you got to be tight on him, take his time and space away early, good gaps where he can't uh, wind it up and get some room to uh, create his own room. Uh, if you can stay on top of him, you know, those guys get frustrated when you don't give them room. So you want to frustrate them and, and get them you know, off his game a little bit. The Leafs have won seven in a row, and they're trying to surge to the top of the Atlantic. It's amazing that they've won seven in a row. They're still six points back of Florida and seven points back of Boston, but uh, the Bruins looking a little uh, more human at this time of year than they have really for the last calendar year probably. Yeah. So uh, but that's what's on the on the menu for the, the Golden Knights over the next couple of games. Since we're looking uh, ahead to this week and this, uh, this road trip, let's keep looking ahead just for some of the fun that you know about firsthand, uh, which is April 9th. The alumni golf uh, outing is coming up. Yeah, it's uh, Southern Highlands. We've got a few, <clears throat> I'd say five or six foursomes uh, left to sell. Um but it's always a lot of fun. We got some uh, returning players, uh, Cody Eakin, Nick Holden, Stastny are all playing it. We're trying to get James Neal back for a second year, so um, we're starting to get some guys to retire from that those first few years and uh, bring them back and be a part of it. And um, you know, who doesn't want to come back to Vegas and and play in a golf tournament at Southern Highlands? So it's uh, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, April 9th at Southern Highlands, uh, 10 a.m. shotgun start and. Uh, have a lot of fun out there. That's and, you know, as you said, who doesn't want to come to Vegas and play golf? But yeah. you know, at the same time, these are players who obviously had a great experience when they played here. And there's, uh, I'd imagine, for the guys when you reach out to them, there's an enthusiasm level. Uh, everyone has an interest in being a part of something like this. Yeah, no, it didn't take long for Eeks and uh, and Holds to respond. Stasty's living here right now, so he going to suck him in, out there, <laughs> but uh, he's not uh, complaining. Uh, but those guys jump right at it. I know Neeler, uh Neither was out last year for it and had a lot of fun. So, um, 
you know, we just keep bringing them back as as we go. And then we got other guys, uh, you know, some of our broadcast team will be out there and uh, other celebrities from uh, around Vegas. See, you know, so is Dave Gosher one of the guys who's uh, they're on, they're on the road? Oh, that's right. They're of on course. the road then, so I, I think Millard might come out if he's uh, okay back if out he's up there. For it, yeah. uh, Darren Elliott will be out. Uh, guys like that, I think. Uh, some other celebrities from around town. I was going to say, so. Dave Gosher, uh, broadcast, uh, golf golf broadcast voice. I can't imagine that. Yeah. I, I can't imagine a quiet, whispering, subdued Dave Gosher voice, but I'm sure it's in the repertoire. Yeah. But uh, a lot of fun. The uh, alumni golf uh, outing is on April 9th. You can go to the Golden Knights website for more information on that. And we will hop out. Uh, when we come back, you know, you talked about some of those VGK players are, re- you know, retiring and reaching that point in their career. They can come back to alumni outings. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, fun retirement stories over the course of the uh, last couple of weeks in the NHL. And by that, I mean jersey retirements. Chris Chelios uh, came this weekend in Chicago. Uh, he said to Patrick Kane, don't steal my thunder. I don't think Patrick Kane listened for one moment. But we'll talk some NHL storylines when we come back. Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is nighttime at noon. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. VGK fans, if you're in need of some new gear for the next game or you want to show your VGK spirit, visit one of the Vegas Golden Knights official team stores, VegasTeamStore.com, that's VegasTeamStore.com, or on social channels at VGK Gear, at VGK Gear, and get the latest updates and swag for your next VGK outing. Inside Studio 31, nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I'm Brian McCormick. He's Derek Angland. Uh, Derek, it's always great having you in studio because obviously, you know, we see you here. We see you on the VGK broadcast. You're doing alumni work, but sometimes you're also jet setting all across the continent uh, for for tennis for your kids. Uh, how's how's it been going? It's going good. Uh, my son's won those last three uh, singles uh, tournaments that he's been in. Um, you know, it seems like uh, that's half my life right now is uh, carting him around for tennis tournaments and. You know, we got to go to Spain in uh, November to the Nadal Academy for 10 days, so that was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, since then he's just been, uh, you know, climbing up and getting better each day, so it's fun to watch. I said all across the continent. I'm always underselling under, uh, you there, I'm all across the globe for, for that. Yeah. But how much of a tennis expert were you before your son got uh, so actively involved, and how much of an expert are you now that uh, it has taken over half of your life? Uh, absolutely zero before, and I wouldn't say I'm an expert at all. You know, I know the basic stuff a, a little bit, you know, to give him pointers and stuff, but um, I'm, I'm leaving that to his coaches and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, it's just fun to watch. I, I never really got into tennis um growing up or even when i played hockey but uh, since he's been in it i watch a lot of the the tennis uh you know especially the you know u.s open and the french open and all that stuff but uh we'll you know we'll throw it on i, I think the um mexican um app, app i don't know can't pronounce it is is this week starts today so we'll, i can't we'll, help you unfortunately <laughs> yeah um so that's there and uh you know i think uh, nadal and uh Alcarez play here next weekend uh or this weekend coming up on third, so um, we we try to follow as much as we can now. So it's it's a lot of fun. Well, terrific! Another England star on the rise. 
And uh, next, we'll just make this a regular segment when you and I sit down together. What did you learn about tennis this week? Man, I, he, he's he's eleven. I can't beat him, so it's uh, I need some lessons. <laughs> we'll have him come in and sit yeah, down next yeah. time. Well, let's take a look around the NHL news world. We've talked a lot about the VGK and their upcoming uh, or their continuing road trip in Ontario. Uh, plenty of of uh, excitement around the NHL. Of course, the trade deadline's coming up. We'll get to that in a little bit as well. Uh, but on a happy note, you know, a couple weeks ago, I'm trying to remember what day it is. Maybe it was a week and a half ago. Recently. Uh, we had Yarmir Yager, his number retired in Pittsburgh. They did a really good job with that ceremony, uh, even with not just the accolades, but also the the fun, the guys coming out wearing their uh, the, the Yager mullet well, wigs yeah. and whatnot. They, they made a production of it, and it was a good time. Uh, similarly, another team that's having a rough season that can certainly benefit from reaching into yesteryear to remember some positive nostalgia, Chicago Blackhawks are having a rough year. Obviously, they expected to. Uh, Connor Bedard is a big positive for them, but they still have a good time by honoring one of their greats in Chris Chelios. Uh, first of all, a very nice ceremony. Uh, one that, honestly, I had to remind myself when I saw it on the calendar. I was like, oh, that's right. That that hasn't been done yet. You'd think that yeah. that might have been uh, something that they'd have gotten to before. But for Chris Chelios, uh, who's had, you can make a, you know arguments to retire his number in three different places, really. Yeah. Um, but he gets the the ceremony in Chicago. It's a lovely ceremony. It's good for the Blackhawks there. Uh, it was it was a neat uh, scheduling decision to have it at the same time that the Red Wings were there. Uh, I think that was a decision that was made before Patrick Kane was a Red Wing. But nonetheless, uh, the two teams that he had such success with can both tip their hats. But the Patrick Kane factor also made it such that my brother lives in Chicago. That was a hard ticket to get. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, when the, when they announced that they were retiring his jersey, I. Had to look and and see. I would have thought it was done a, a while back, but uh, you know he's a he's a legend in my mind. Grew up watching him uh, him play, so um, great great uh, honor to him to get his number retired there. And then Patrick Kane stealing the thunder a little bit uh, on his being back there in in uh, Chicago and then scoring the OT winner uh, to cap off the night. Uh, I'm sure it was just. Uh, an honor just uh you know for Chelios to see that uh, happen uh, you know two teams that he was an icon in both which Chris Chelios in his speech specifically asked Patrick Kane not to do he says don't steal my thunder it's also kind of interesting that Chris Chelios used his uh time at the microphone to acknowledge Patrick Kane on his return and, and during the game Patrick Kane had an ovation that was I mean, almost two minutes they they he went out and did a, a lap and waved to the fans, and then they didn't drop the puck. They made him go out and take another lap because the fans didn't sit down. But Chris Chelios, in his speech, acknowledged that Patrick Kane will one day be recognized as the greatest U.S.-born player, which I thought was interesting, too, just because even this week we see hockey media members having that debate. Is it Chelios? Is it Leach? Is it Medano? And he's at the microphone basically saying, the guy behind me is going to surpass us all when it's all said and done. Yeah, it's pretty pretty uh special for a guy like chelios to mention that i'm sure to kane uh you know just an honor having a guy of that statue stature uh, uh saying that uh, before he's even done his career so um he's definitely going to go down as uh you know top five uh, best all time but uh, like chelios said he's he's on the on the right path path to pass them all so it's a pretty pretty cool honor and, and great to see and for those who don't know, Patrick Kane uh, did come in and steal the thunder, not only, uh, of course, getting the reaction from the fans in his first game back at United Center as a visitor, which is uh, significant in its own right. Uh, he also scores the overtime winner, so a bit of an exclamation point. And, you know, sometimes things line up the way that uh, makes it a, be a better environment, atmosphere, script, scene, whatever you want to yeah. use. But you had Patrick Kane, who... Uh, Scored 400, 
451 goals as a member of the uh, Chicago Blackhawk. Pardon me, 447 goals as a Chicago Blackhawk, over 1,100 points. It's just a phenomenal career in Chicago. His number will one day be retired at the United Center for sure. But, you know, sometimes when you have the fans, again, Chicago having the season that they're having, they're looking at lottery numbers for the, for the draft. Fans in a Chicago sweater don't have to worry about wins and losses when they watch a game last night, that they can enjoy Patrick Kane, welcome him back, and that the place can erupt when the visiting team scores an overtime winner. There's only one guy on the ice who could score that goal that wasn't yeah. wearing a Blackhawks sweater that was going to get a reaction, but it's a, it's, a storybook story, it's a storybook ending that actually everyone can enjoy because the standings don't matter for Chicago in a game like that. Yeah, and uh, you couldn't have draw, drawn it up any better than how it played out Um but uh, you know Chicago is in a rebuild, but with Bedard, they're not going to have to wait too long. Right. You know they're going to surround him with the players he needs, and and they're going to be right back at uh, I think in in the top of their division uh, sooner than later. And meanwhile, again, Detroit gets that win against Chicago, and it went to overtime. It was a tough win to get, but they get it. It's right after they had a very convincing six-one win over St. Louis in front of a national TV audience. I think everyone. At the start of the year, we talked about, okay, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, all ready to turn the corner. Buffalo and Ottawa haven't. Detroit has, but they were right on that wild card conversation. Now they've got a little bit more breathing room in that conversation for sure, but this just feels like a weekend after which everyone's interpreting Detroit a little bit differently. They're not plucky. They're not coming of age. They're interpreted after this week of just being flat out good. And especially in that wild card conversation that they're currently in, if it were to, you know, if the standings were to stay the way they are who wants to run into detroit in the first round yeah you never you never know what you're going to get from them they can knock off uh, some of the best teams out there so they're kind of in i think a couple of years ago detroit was in chicago's where chicago is now yeah. where they they drafted really well and almost sped up their their rebuild like the, these young kids came in and highly skilled it almost you know you know i don't want to say datsuk and zetterberg days when they were young but it's almost how they look. Uh, those young guys coming up are are so gifted there, and they they, they sped up the, I think, uh, the process of uh, of the rebuild because of those guys have matured so quickly. And it shows how important that is if you're in Chicago's shoes. Again, Connor Bedard, a, a draft of Connor Bedard, and they have a couple other good prospects too. The Korchinski uh, kid on defense. Yeah. They've got good pieces and a lot to be excited about, but it's still going to be a process. But you can handle that really well, and in a few years, see yourself looking like Detroit is, or you can handle and look at Buffalo, and they haven't made the playoffs since I think it's 2011 now. So yeah. you know, it's important to, to do the right things in these uh, developmental steps. Um, but a, a fun night in in Chicago. It also made me think to myself, um, again, Chris Chelios' number of times. Like you know, I thought that would happen a little bit earlier. And I try to remember Chris Chelios' career can really be compartmentalized. There's an entire Montreal chapter that's impressive. There's an entire Chicago chapter that's impressive. And then a Detroit chapter where he was surrounded by fellow Hall of Famers and what they accomplished. But um, I I try to remember what the status was, the departure, when he left Chicago. I don't know if there was things that needed to be uh, worked out between them. But whatever it was, again, last night was was fantastic. Um, The curiosity I had, though, was who else would be on that list of – Chalios getting his number retired. You played in the league, and you're like, I thought that might happen already. Yeah. I had to take a look. Who else? Who would be the next candidate then? Because Yager would fall under a very similar category. Yeah. Oh, in Pittsburgh, they finally got around to Yager. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? Uh, who's who's still out there that you would have thought that their number was already retired and it hasn't been done? I, I did a little bit of Googling, um, and the, the one that seemed most prominent to me was Dave Anderchuk, who played, I think, 
12 seasons in Buffalo. Uh, the only guys in most categories that have Dave Anderchuk in Buffalo uh, have a statue out on the sidewalk outside. So that yeah. seems like one that everybody wants. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's the next one. Yeah, you mentioned that, and I was kind of surprised that he hasn't been honored there. Uh, he had a lot of great years, did a lot of great things there. So um, once you mentioned him, I would have, would expect that uh, maybe they do that uh, sometime soon. And there's different attitudes, too. I remember, again, being from New York, you're just a little more familiar with these things. But for the longest time, the Rangers had uh, th- three numbers retired. And it took uh, about 30 years, and, and they won the Cup, and then they started honoring those guys, and they started looking in the rearview mirror like, you know what, how have we not had anything for Andy Bathgate and for Harry Howell? Yeah. And, you know, they started filling in those gaps again. And you just look at teams like, you know, I'm sure there's, in Boston, there's got to be a couple of guys in there that they yeah. could have, and, and like, you know what, we should have done that, let's let's correct that. Yeah. But I think it's cool, either way, even if it is 20, 30, 40 years later, just yeah. to honor those guys and, and bring them back out to where – such a big part of their life happened uh, it's a great honor yeah. for those guys and this is not a, uh, a a pressure campaign of like hey guys take another look and see who's out there but it does it does remind us uh with with yager and, and chelios every now and then you don't want to overdo it as well and, and retire the entire uh, yeah. numerical system but every now and then you take a glance back and you, you have a distance gives you an appreciation like you know what that guy did make a really big difference in this franchise and yeah. Uh, I think we've seen these last couple of weeks. Sometimes throwing a party like that's good for everyone involved. For so sure. Hats off to Chris Chelios, who is uh, now hanging in the rafters at United Center. We'll stop out. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit trade deadline. There's uh, certainly some, some players that have been talked about for months and uh, are being spoken about still. Uh, i give you a bit of a Silver Knights update as well. To round things out on Nighttime at Noon, Brian McCormick and Derek England here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights fans get some fresh air and escape to Rock Creek Cattle Company, located in the heart of Montana. This hidden gem is a 28,000-acre cattle ranch that has amenities catered for the entire family, including a world-class golf course, fly fishing, horseback riding, and more. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available right now. Visit rockcreekcattlecompany.com. That's Rock Creek Cattle Company. Dot com. Back at Studio 31, Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you. Final segment of Nighttime at Noon. Uh, we have Justin and Rachel in the wings watching the social feeds for any questions that might be launched our way. Do we have any, guys? We never do because we cover things that thoroughly, yep. and it always makes me proud. Well, we talked a lot about uh, the uh, goings-on in Chicago over the weekend, uh, broadening out, zooming out a little bit uh, for the NHL at large. The trade deadline is coming. And there are a couple of teams that I think have been kind of in the crosshairs of, of being teams that are going to sell all year long. And as we get closer and closer to the deadline, they probably still are. But it, it's amazing how many of those teams have kept themselves uh, very, very competitive. The, the Philadelphia Flyers right now are in playoff positioning. They've been talking about moving uh, guys like Scott Lawton. Sounds like they still probably will, but their decision is much, much harder. Uh, and even a team like the uh, like the Calgary Flames... You know, still on the outside looking in, but at the same time, they've been playing really good hockey of late. They've won seven of their last ten. They're very much still alive, and yet the Hannafin tanev markstrom conversations don't go away. So it's not easy decisions for all potential sellers. Yeah, I think, you know, I think no matter where they're chasing a playoff spot, uh, some of these teams, but... I do like how I, I was reading uh, earlier this this weekend. Uh, Philadelphia is still 
sticking to their guns, saying that they're going to, even being in, I think they're in the third spot right now in their division, uh, sticking to their guns in the rebuild and, and, you know, looking towards the future, not just this year. So, um, you know, you got to kind of play the, play the game out like you were planning. Um, you know, Calgary's in that, uh, you hear a lot about those three, three guys getting dealt. They already dealt Lindholm to, to Vancouver. So, um, you know, I think a lot of these teams will still sell off some of the things and get some, some good returns for them. There, there's a lot of the big teams that are, are willing to, uh, move some good pieces, uh, to get those guys. So, um, you know, the trade can can work out for both sides. Another team that finds itself again in that uh, that hard to commit to what we are window is is Nashville. Yeah, they've played much better of late, and uh, the conversations of is, is UC Soros available? That's a much easier conversation to have, or at least a much easier conversation to uh, to bring up to allow when you have a guy like Yaroslav Askarov, who's the goaltender in Milwaukee. They had their uh, winning streak snapped last night at 19 straight, second longest winning streak. Uh, in AHL history, and during that span, he had five shutouts. So it's not as though there isn't some sort of an heir apparent there. Yeah. But again, just another team that can't 100% commit to offloading its talent, um, unless you're having the conversation of, okay, are we trying to make it to the first round, or are we trying to make it to June? And I think Philadelphia yeah. finds themselves in that situation. We are a playoff team. We may still be a playoff team. That's great. We're not talking about you know unloading Konechny's and Couturier's. But if we don't think we're going to win in June, and we were approaching this year as being a still a retooling, a rebuilding. If we're ahead of schedule, that's great. It doesn't mean you should abandon the plan yeah. for what might be able to happen if you get into the dance. Yeah, especially, you know, you, your Philly, if they can stay in that third spot, uh, whoever's in second could be in first too. So it's it's a tough, tough road to climb uh, out of that. And I, Like I said, I, I really like how they said they're sticking to their plan. And, you know, playoffs are, for some teams uh, like Philly, getting in, that's – it's an extra bonus during their rebuild and stuff. And, you know, Torts is, is known for uh, having his teams play the right way, and they've played the right way even with Carter Hart out. Uh, they're, they're finding ways to win. Uh, um, you know, the game against Pittsburgh was a, a fun one to watch, 7-6. Uh, uh, but um, After a 2-1 game the day before. Yeah, yeah. A 2-1 game, yeah. So um, you, you want to... You want to play for this year, but you also can't uh, sell off everything for the future. Yeah, and it's also interesting, again, just different teams in different places. You have Philadelphia is five points ahead of New Jersey, but New Jersey isn't having a Philadelphia conversation. They're saying, we went to the second round last year. Our chips are much closer to the middle of the table. We've got to go out and do something, and it looks like a lot of their conversations do revolve around goaltending. Yeah, yeah, they, it's been their, their, their struggle, their weakness uh, this year. They got, uh, you know, Jack Hughes' start to the season, I think he was averaging like three points a game. Uh, you know, if that he, injury changed everything. For yeah, him. that injury changed everything. But uh, if, if if he stays healthy, just him alone is, you know, put him up there with the the Sidney Crosby's, Connor McDavid's, McKinnon's, and stuff like that. So um, they're they're definitely, uh, I think, going to push to. You know, I think that Metro Division is any team that's in it can come out of that uh, on top uh, going into the third round. Are there any names out there on the uh, on the block that particularly intrigue you wherever they go guys that can be the the key piece to a cup winner. I know right now Jake Gensels is interesting because he is injured but he'll be ready to go by the time a team would need him. Yeah. Uh, Vlad Tarasenko is a guy on a, on a one-year deal that can be an interesting rental. There there's some playmaking options that are out there for sure besides the defense and the goaltending. Yeah, there's there there's a lot. Uh, Getzel is uh, obviously 
been in Pittsburgh his whole career and done uh, some great things playing with, uh, you, you know, Sid and those guys. Um, so, you know, he can play with uh, the top-end talent and he, he can score. So if he's available, I I, I expect a, a lot of teams to be bidding for him. Uh, speaking of guys that can score, and this is not a trade deadline conversation, although maybe the, will they add someone to go with him, uh, the, the job that, uh, that the season Nikita Kutrov is having is, is insane. And he's the first player to cross the 100-point threshold. Uh, right behind him, Nathan McKinnon has 96. Connor McDavid's having a horrible off year. He has 89 points. Uh, but it's, it's just amazing what Nikita Kucherov continues to do in Tampa for a team that is taking a, a bit of a step back from their, their cup prowess of a couple of years ago. Yeah, 100, 102 points right now with, what, 20-some games to go. So, you know, him hitting uh, north of 120, 130 isn't uh, very far-fetched. Uh, and, you know, McDavid obviously having a terrible year, like you said, at 89 points. Uh you know, he's, maybe he's on the trade he, block. He, 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 he's shot up so fast that over the last couple of months. Um, you know, if 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 you're looking at who's going to win this race, it, it's still wide open with those top three guys. Well, we have a few minutes here. A quick Silver Knights update. We said we'd give you one. Here it comes. Uh, Silver Knights are back on home ice uh, uh, this Friday against Tucson. They played six straight games on the road in February, won two of the six. So they're managing to hang around. They're outside the playoff picture looking in. They're six points back. Uh, so time to rectify that. But as we talked about right now, there's a lot of talent, a lot of goal-scoring talent that they rely on right now is with the VGK. But that's in you, when you're in the AHL, you try to do thing, two things. Try to win and try to make sure that you are uh, there to support materially the the big brother club and right now the hsk is doing that they need to find some wins but right now they're making the contributions to bruce cassie's group that they have to yeah you want to win but you also want to develop the guys um so they're ready to play and and i think Krager uh, being there this year has been phenomenal done a great job and um getting those guys ready they've come in and you know morelli two points in his first game game ever was uh, pretty pretty exciting to see and um, just shows that uh, how, how ready they are. They've, I don't even know. There's, that's been 10, 12 guys that have been called yeah. out, different guys for for the years. So everyone in Henderson has the opportunity just because they're doing such a great job with them. Right now the Silver Knights do have Caden Korzak, who's been important on the back end since they've gotten him back. The goaltending with Yuri Patera and Isaiah Seville has been very strong. So uh, for the Silver Knights, they, they lost two games in Colorado but got uh, great outings from Yuri Patera. Uh, and Isaiah Seville, they'll look to depend on that as they try to get back in the win column. Five straight games at home are coming, uh, including March 9th. March 9th is going to be Star Wars night at well, the Dollar Loans there. That'll bring That'll out a... Fun. Yeah. Are you a, a, a Comic-Con dress-up in costume type of guy? Uh, no, not You don't come so across much. that I, way? I, but. Definitely. Nate Schmidt would have been uh, there in something, for sure. He's a huge Star Wars fan. All right, maybe it'll take yeah. a couple of years, but that, yeah. that'll be an alumni event down yeah, the road. We'll work on that. One. Well, Golden Knights take on the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow night at Scotiabank Arena. Four o'clock starts. So remember, we've got early puck drops all week, which is fun for everybody. Uh, final thoughts you might have, Derek, on on what the uh, the VGK need to do to to have success in Toronto. I know we've talked a lot about managing the uh, the high octane, high powered offensive weapons, but there's going to be more to it than that. Yeah, I think not not worrying too much about the the offense on the other side, just worrying about their game and playing the right way, getting back to that defensive structure that they're so known for under Bruce, uh, taking care of their own, you know, they got two great goaltenders that uh, can make the the first first save, so, you know, clear out the rebounds, um, you know, tighten up in front of the net and, and just play sound defensively. They got the guys that can score, and, uh, you know, they right now when you're missing the star power they are, you, they got to be okay with winning you know, two one, one nothing, three two, and and not getting to a 
track meet back and forth. Interesting. The track meet, especially in Toronto, the track meet is yeah. going to be dangerous for sure. But when you've got the, you know, Stevens had two goals, Carlson's producing, March is so, is there maybe a little more depth you try to dig into, or is it is it everyone just sticking to their jobs? Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about the fourth line, if they're just, uh, you know, the bonus points. But, uh, you know, if those guys can start chipping in too, it, it's just a bonus for the team. Well, it will be the Golden Knights and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Four more games on this road trip. It resumes tomorrow night in Toronto. Derek Anglin, Brian McCormick here with you. Had a lot of fun on nighttime at noon. Make sure you're tuned into Fox Sports Las Vegas throughout the week, the VGK Insider Show, getting everything you need to know for Golden Knights hockey throughout the course of this Eastern Swing. Thanks for joining us. Nighttime at noon. Brian McCormick, Derek Anglin. We'll see you soon.